Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Hey Jewel. Hi Em. This was the absolute last thing that I was expecting to be feeling the morning after an Oscars recording. You know what's crazy about the current state of award shows is that prior to the Oscars, I was like, wow, I, I hope we'll have enough to talk about from the Oscars to be able to record an episode. That's what I'm saying. I fully expected we were going to come on here. It was going to be very anticlimactic. We talk about the outfits for a few minutes, you know, a few mentions of potential snubs and we'd move on. Not that there's that much else to talk about this week, but that's kind of what I anticipated. And then, I mean, no pun intended, but our world was rocked last night. Rocked. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you guys. I mean, just to be as transparent as physically possible, this is one of those times, even though I cannot stop taking in content about it and I'm really fascinated by the whole thing, this is one of those times I wish we had the week off, I swear to you, because I so enjoy being a spectator in this more than anything. I don't really want to be a commentator. I would just want to look at the takes come in, watch the footage, hear what was going on in the room. But to feel like I have to speak on it is not necessarily a position I'm happy to be in. We're going to do it fine, but I, I want to just tell you and tell everyone that that's how I feel. Yeah, this this is definitely one where I don't know how to approach it. I don't think anyone does. Like, obviously, if you're at all online right now, it is impossible to escape, but there are so many different takes, but also so many different jokes and so many different Twitter moments and so much conversation happening. I, I almost feel like I have whiplash because I don't know what to look at, what to read, what to laugh about, what to not laugh about. Like, this is truly one of those circumstances where there is so much going on. So much going on. I know. And I'm saying that I think something that's both of our personalities is we really like to sit back and watch it all happen before saying something. So in a world where we didn't have a podcast that was released on Mondays, there's just, I would never be speaking on it this early after something just happened because I'm still processing it. Just like to set the scene as, uh, as honestly as physically possible, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that was an important caveat. I think, thankfully, the one thing that we can all agree on here is that, A, that was some crazy shit. Like, that was one of the craziest moments I've ever seen. Forget about it, an award show, just in general. And the other thing we can agree on is that Twitter is adult Disney World right now. It is. I saw a tweet from Ben Jenkins this morning that was like, whenever something like this happens, Twitter gets huge. There's bird in the assembly hall energy. And to me, that illustrates exactly the energy. Bird in the assembly hall energy is such a funny way of describing it. That is one thing about this night that can never be taken from us is the camaraderie of Twitter after. 
I guess just to give a moment of background, even though I'm sure if you are listening to this, you watched it happen. As a side, we'll also put the link in the description to the completely unedited footage that aired on Australian and Japanese television, because obviously ABC bleeped a lot of it. Basically what happened was Chris Rock is up there presenting and he makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith being in G.I. Jane 2. It's obviously a comment on her having a bald head, of course, in the movie G.I. Jane, Demi Moore was bald. Context is that Jada has alopecia, which is a hair loss condition. It's something she's spoken about publicly and is very sensitive to her. So when he makes that joke, you see Will Smith initially laughing. Will then looks over at Jada, sees that she is not taking it with humor. She's offended. Will then gets up, walks directly over to Chris Rock, slaps him across the face, sits back down. And there's, let's say, 30 seconds back and forth where Will is saying to Chris, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Chris is responding saying, dude, it was just a G.I. Jane joke. Again, he comes back to her, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Chris Rock basically says, I will. I'm not going to say another word. He goes on to present the award. And that's kind of it for that one moment. Of course, additional historical context is that back in 2016, when Chris Rock hosted the Oscars, that was the year that Jada and Will had boycotted it. And during his monologue, he had made a joke, Jada Pickensmith boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. So there is some context there. Of course, also, like I said, Jada has spoken openly about this hair loss condition, alopecia that she has. And you know, as if you think it could not get crazier, about 40 or so minutes later is when Will Smith wins the Oscar for his role in King Richard. So he then has to get up on stage and give this speech. And you could tell, I mean, emotions and tensions were high and it it was crazy in general, but then the fact that he won and was up there on stage, I can't even really find words to explain what that felt like watching it. I mean, you were almost in a haze watching this because you couldn't believe it was real. No, it didn't feel real. And before we even get into him winning in his speech and any of that, I just want to go back to the moment it happened because we see him get up out of his seat, walk over to Chris Rock and open hand slap Chris Rock across the face. And I have to imagine that what was happening in our group chat was very similar to what was happening in group chats across the country, which was basically trying to figure out, was this real or was this staged? I mean, if you take a screenshot of our conversation from last night, it was just the three of us going, wait, 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 because that's all you knew how to say. And Over the course of, I would say, one to three minutes, we very clearly realized, no, this was not staged in the slightest. This was completely real. And then two minutes later, when you see the Australian and the Japanese broadcast come through and you see what ABC bleeped was some very real conversation that was happening there. I mean, this was 100% legit. So then the second shockwave of people realizing how real this was came through. I mean, it was really an indescribable moment. So I can't even imagine what it was like in the room. I think once I saw the way that Will was yelling back, I realized like, oh my God, that's real. The way that the initial slap went down felt so staged. Like if, I guess because the logistics of getting out of your seat and walking onto the stage and slapping somebody at the Oscars feels so improbable that your first assumption whenever something crazy happens is, you know, is this part of the bit? But specifically this, which just seemed so out of the question to have even occurred in the first place, of course your first reaction was, is this real? And then when you see the genuine anger that Will has after that moment occurred, you were like, holy shit, this was a real moment that just occurred. Like that actually just happened on the biggest stage in Hollywood, on the biggest night in Hollywood, 
broadcast for millions and millions of people, that moment that seemed so improbable was a real moment. Well, it really hit me when you rewinded, because I didn't have it recorded, you rewinded and you were like, I just watched it in slow motion. That slap was 100% real because it was all happening at the same time. To me, that was the moment where I was like, holy fuck. What was interesting was when you were watching it, something that ABC did, although it seems like it when you compare it to the Australian and Japanese broadcast, is that it seems like it almost edited the slap a little. So you couldn't really tell if he had actually slapped him or if it was like, it, it just kind of appeared like he did. Like there was a moment where you realized, oh my God, that actually happened. But then you still couldn't tell whether the slap itself occurred and took place. And then when you watch the Australian and the Japanese broadcast of it, you can really see the contact that was made. Like, it was this whole moment of disbelief that I still think we haven't gotten over because we can't believe that it actually occurred. No, and the other thing, just in terms of how it chronologically happened, is when Chris Rock first makes that joke, initially the camera pans to Will, and you see him smiling and laughing. It's not until the camera pans to Jada, you see that she is clearly upset and offended by it. Will then looks at her, sees her reaction, and kind of takes a cue okay, maybe this isn't something I should be laughing at. And that's when he gets up. So I think as the viewer, that was additionally confusing in terms of trying to wrap your head around whether this was real or not, because initially you thought that he found it funny based on the camera panning to him. So it was like, I guess you could say 30 seconds to three minutes of just utter confusion and shock. And that exact moment that you're describing where Will clearly has this moment of understanding that Jada didn't find this funny and that he kind of is going to jump into action as a result of it. That exact moment is kind of implied because after you see that Jada isn't happy, the camera cuts back to Chris. So that footage where Will looks over at Jada that you're assuming happened, you don't actually really get to see. That moment of where the joke turns from a joke to something very, very serious is about to occur is actually something that was hidden from us as the audience. So that's the footage I think that people are really interested in as well because it was such a confusing moment of Jada rolling her eyes, clearly upset about this joke, Will laughing a little bit, then you're looking back at Chris and all of a sudden Will Smith is on stage. I know. And the other thing is that I think, obviously, I mean, there, there's so much here, like more than I could ever even try to wrap my head around or try to talk about it all eloquently or intelligently. But something that we've seen in the last year or so is that specific moments from conversations between both Will and Jada and also interviews they've done on their own have really become viral memes, specifically that shot of him sitting down at Red Table Talk when they're talking about the entire entanglement situation. And so I think in addition to everything else going on in that particular moment, I think that he was so hyper-conscious of how that could have looked and the optics of that situation of Chris Rocks makes this kind of in poor taste joke. And I think he just immediately saw the headlines of like, Will Smith laughs along as wife Jada is clearly upset. You know, like I felt like that was also something that was happening there. By the way, none of this is an excuse and we'll get into that in a moment. But just in terms of trying to analyze what was going through his mind in that one moment. I mean, there was so much going on here and you're 100% right. Like there's obviously, like we said before, I'm sure you've all seen it, a lot, a lot of discourse online about both the slap itself, the meaning behind what was said, all like... There is a lot of conversation occurring, but one of the main conversations as well is we kind of watched issues between Will and Jada and their marriage and the way the public has played a role in that 
kind of come to a head last night. Yeah, I mean, I think that this would be a very different discussion in terms of how it's being handled in the public sphere if Jaden and Will hadn't been the topic of so much conversation for the last year or so about their marriage and specifically because of how open they are about it. I mean, they really divulge far more than your average A-list celebrity couple. And because of that, people feel like they have much more insight into the dynamics of their relationship, which I guess in a lot of ways they do. So the only reason there were so many assumptions that were able to be made in terms of what was going through their minds and how this all kind of happened is only because of the amount of information they've given in the last year or so. Yeah, I mean, that can't be ignored, the fact that we have a real insight into their relationship that we don't have with literally any other couple because so much of the information that they divulge is is information that we as the public don't necessarily know what to do with because it's so personal and it's so specific to them. But also on top of the fact that we understand a certain level of dynamics at play, we also understand the fact that Will and Jada have, because of this fact, almost become Hollywood's like, quote, punching bags over the past two years because the jokes at their expense have become so easy to make. Right. There's so many different factors at play here because you have all of that. You have the added history with Chris Rock. You have the very real conversation that's happening right now about the importance of the protection of Black women and a lot of times the lack thereof. You have on top of that the fact that regardless of anything, violence was not the answer. So there's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of different takes. My hope or my belief is that we can all take this for what it is, which is just reacting in real time and having a lot of grace and understanding that opinions may change. I mean, if we go back to the chronological order of things, the slap occurs, we see Will off to the side during a commercial break being comforted by Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington. We see Jada talking to one of their reps, kind of kneeling next to her. And 40 or so minutes later, Will wins the Oscar for his role in King Richard. He gets up there and I mean, I think people were very curious if he was going to address it. You can tell he was very emotional. And he apologizes to the Academy. He apologizes to his fellow nominees. He doesn't specifically apologize on stage to Chris Rock, although apparently after the fact, they have resolved things. And he gives a pretty long speech. And in a lot of ways, even when not directly addressing it, he kind of does speak to what just occurred. One of the lines was, Richard Williams was a fierce defender of his family. Art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, but love will make you do crazy things. And I know when you hear that for the first time, it may come across as endearing or almost noble. And again, whatever your opinion on this is, however you took it, I respect. I am not telling you at all what to think. I think we all process this through our own lens. Personally, for me, when I heard that, I didn't admire it as much as I actually found it to be uh, slightly concerning just because I do, I don't appreciate the justification that love will make you do crazy things. That is something, I mean, textbook that you hear about in domestic abuse situations. And so I just don't love that rhetoric in general. Uh, <laughs> I'm really trying to think how to phrase my words here. I don't know the best way to speak about it because this, this is really wild. It actually got far more intense than I ever expected it to be. And you know what? Everything that's being said can be true at the same time. Like, that's one of the things I think we forget when we discuss situations like this is that every opinion can coexist. Like, you can think that what Will Smith did was wrong. You can also think that the joke that Chris Rock made was wrong. You can think that Will was protecting his family. You can also think that the way in which he went about protecting his wife was absolutely inappropriate and wrong and non-defensible in that situation. And so... 
something I think we all have to remember when we read conversations online and we talk to people about this is that different opinions are going to come up and different opinions can exist at the exact same time and all be true at the exact same time. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I know for sure is that in the coming weeks, there will definitely be a lot of conversations that in some ways maybe change people's thoughts on this and in other ways really intensify the thoughts people already have. I mean, it was absolutely wild. It was the last thing any of us were expecting. It was the last thing Will Smith was ever expecting to happen. Nobody could have ever imagined that it would have gotten to this. And if you remove some of the complexities we were just talking about, because yes, it's a complex situation and you just look at it in this kind of chronological way that I was saying before, you go from someone slapping someone across the face on live television, sitting back down in their seat, 30 minutes later, accepting one of the most prestigious awards in the world. And a few hours after that, partying at an after party as if nothing had really happened. And that right there, what I just outlined is something that I think only exists in Hollywood. And I mean, that's a pretty good example of kind of the absurdity of what exists there because that it's it's wild. When you look at it just just as as a concept in that regard, it's absolutely fucking wild. I completely agree. If you take everything else out of the conversation, every single Oscars that you watch from now on, you will always have that moment in the back of your mind, regardless of what you think of it, regardless of the conversation that occurred after, regardless of whatever opinions you have. You will never forget where you were when Will Smith jumped on that stage and slept Chris Rock across the face. No, you will not. How could you? Those 30 to 60 seconds where we were all texting one another, I say we all because I just know everybody listening was doing the same thing of like, wait, wait, wait. That is forever ingrained in my mind. I, I It was really something. And again, I, I guess my whole thought is like, However you feel about this, I respect. I am not telling you what to think because it's too complex for me to even try to put my two cents in. But I I still think the way that he went about it was just fundamentally wrong, even if all of the other conversations can absolutely exist and be true and have a lot of power behind them. I, I think it was a disappointing thing and honestly upsetting that it tarnished an otherwise historic and really beautiful moment, especially that he was telling such an important story. By the way, imagine how Serena and Venus felt sitting there in the audience. That's a whole, you know, kind of separate thing that was happening that we didn't even, we meaning the public didn't even focus too much attention on because so much else was happening. Yeah. Disappointing is absolutely the correct word. I think that the entire night, I don't want to say it was tarnished because it was in part, and I hate to say this, made by what occurred. But yeah, I mean, everything now has a caveat of that occurring with it. And I guess the thing that confuses me the most about it is the assumption that Will Smith couldn't have made his point in a different way. That's what I don't get. Like, I see so much conversation about, you know, Will was defending his wife. He did the right thing. Like, his wife should have been defended. Absolutely defend your family, defend your wife. I think that's a really beautiful thing to do. Do it in literally any other way, in any other way. And I just... I think it's really upsetting what occurred. And I think that it would have been such a great night for Will specifically had this not occurred. And he would have had such a historic win and he could have celebrated it without anything being attached to it. So it's unfortunate for quite literally everybody involved that this had to go down like this. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that, of course, you know, Will would agree with that. Trust me, there's going to be a lot of discussion about this coming up. I just know it. I One thing about Will and Jada is that 
they talk about it and they are going to talk about this. Absolutely. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. In terms of the red carpet, I actually would say that as a whole, I really liked a lot of the looks. If I'm choosing my top, 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 it's probably Lily James, Nicole Kidman, Ariana DeBose, Laverne Cox, Maddie Siegler. And I mean, you know, Timothy Chalamet doesn't do it for me at all in the way that he does it for you, but he walked out on that carpet and I was like, okay, if I was somebody who got it, I would get it. I got it. Specifically (laughs) last night, I got it. I mean, for me though, Lily James and Versace was it. Like, that was the moment. I think it should be discussed a million times more. Also, listen, there is not a red carpet that is complete without Zendaya. Like, I almost find Zendaya's beauty and red carpet looks to be comforting because I know that no matter what happens in the world, that will always be a constant. It's a pretty big deal in terms of one's range when it comes to fashion to show up to the Oscars in that number and have it feels so fitting and so perfect. And then just a few hours later to show up to the Vanity Fair Oscars party in a completely different look, giving off a completely different energy and really not even skip one beat. And she is one of 
the few people in Hollywood right now that does that so seamlessly time and time again. And it is just a pleasure to watch. I just love being a spectator to the world of Zendaya. It is very fun for me. That is the best way I've ever heard it from foot. And also, there are so many other components of the night. I mean, when I noticed that Beyonce was there, I mean, my literally took my breath away. Just the fact that she was in attendance and in that yellow Valentino, just absolutely to die for. And then I have to say, in terms of the Vanity Fair party, there's a part of me that almost likes to see those looks slight, not more, but maybe equal. Like there's just something about the fact that all of Hollywood kind of comes together after the fact, even if they weren't included in the actual Oscars, and they still bring their absolute A-game on that red carpet. I mean, Kate Hudson, M. I know that I am sure that you're ready to talk about that because that is your ultimate. She looks so beautiful. Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan just fucking killed it. Well, Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan, forget about it. But Kate Hudson, you know. And do people know that? I say this. I must say this on the podcast. Like, she's my ultimate girl crush. 100%. She always has been. There's just something about her that, like, (laughs) brings out something in me. Every single time I walk by Columbus Circle and I see her and Goldie Hawn's Stuart Weitzman ad, I, like, bow to it. (laughs) That's just how I feel. And when she walked out of that Carolina Herrera, I mean, fuck me up. Fuck me up. When I saw Kate Hudson, after obviously having spent the whole night thinking about Lily James, my initial thought was, wow, our girl crushes fucking brought it tonight. They did not disappoint even a tiny bit. No, they did not. And I would actually say that most people in terms of the Vanity Fair party didn't disappoint either. Zoe Kravitz in that white. That's a prime example of something where I loved what she wore to the after party significantly more than the actual Oscars red carpet, which is that light pink dress with the bow. It's, it's it's so crazy when you talk about these people because it's like literally Zoe Kravitz. There's not one thing in the world that woman could put on her body and it could look bad. So you're really grasping at straws when having to choose favorites. Although I will say that it is really funny every single award show season when the Twitter discourse picks back up where everyone's just like, listen, some of these red carpet looks are absolutely to die for. And some of them need Joan Rivers back and we need that energy. And I could not agree with something more. I felt that actually when I was watching last night. I still enjoy the red carpet coverage, but I think we've gone slightly too far in the opposite direction of just being overly complimentary. And I get it because even, I mean, we don't have nearly that type of role, but even on the podcast, I find like, it doesn't feel good to say mean things about people. Like it's not even that I care what people are going to say in response. Like it just doesn't feel good to put that out into the world. So I understand the concept of just like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I get that. I very much do. I just think that when you're doing fashion and that's your sole focus, there's a way to talk about it with still class and taste, but not every single person that's walking down that red carpet, the commentators can say looks exceptional because they don't. Exactly. That is exactly correct. And also like, by the way, I agree. It doesn't feel good to say something not nice. Like I don't enjoy that feeling, but I can't say that I don't enjoy it when I hear somebody else give a take. Like I don't want to be the person to do it, but like I'm more than welcome somebody else taking on that role and doing it masterfully and doing it well in the way that Joan Rivers did. And I really crave that presence in a different form again. And I understand to the fullest extent how that is a conversation that occurs every single year. I totally get it. Totally. And I think that it's a conversation that's going to continue to evolve because as the way we all interact changes, what what we expect from our commentators also changes. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it'll it'll evolve. It's, it's a changing space, but 
I don't know. I had fun. Honestly, you know what? We've been talking about the anticlimactic nature of award shows for a while now. And I thought from start to finish last night was fun. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely a lot of things. It definitely was not what I was expecting. Actually, I would say the first four hours of the night from red carpet to show is what I was expecting. We threw in a Will Smith slap. That took the night in a different direction. And then from that point on, I think it all had a different energy. I think it had an energy of, oh, award shows are exciting again, which is such a crazy reaction to have in the aftermath. But I did feel that way. And again, so much of that had to do with the camaraderie that we felt on Twitter in the sense of, wow, no matter how much shit we talk about award show season, here we all are watching this year after year. Right. It's exactly the driving meme of like, but did you die? It's like, but did you watch? That, that's how it felt. Yes, exactly. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Also, just in terms of a few other moments, of course, we're not going to go through nearly everything. But when Lady Gaga was on stage with Liza Minnelli and they were presenting together, 
it was incredibly reminiscent to me of her being on stage with Tony Bennett. And I quickly saw that the internet also picked up on the fact that Lady Gaga has this real ability to exhibit so much grace and warmth and almost a feeling of safety when she's on stage with these legends in the industry that clearly have had a decline in their health. And it's a very specific skill set to have to be able to continue on as normal and to not at all make it feel infantilizing at the same time to be incredibly sensitive to where they're at. And I just think she does it beautifully. And it, it was just heartwarming for me to watch. She has a gift. That was a really, really special moment that really touched me and touched a lot of people. And I think that that is something that among so many other things, I mean, so many other things, this is something that Lady Gaga will really truly be remembered for because it's an amount of respect and humanity that you can see her exhibit on that stage that just... I think everyone felt really, really connected to. And in that moment when Lady Gaga said to her, I got you, and Liza said, I know, that was a really, really special moment that we'll all remember for a while, I think. Oh, for sure. I mean, she feels safe standing next to her the same way that Tony Bennett does. And that is a massive compliment. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that she recognizes what an honor it is to be in the same category of these greats. And I think she has a lot of respect to those that came before her and kind of, you know, paved the way. And it, it's it's evident. It's just beautiful. I, I really enjoyed that. And I clearly, I mean, so did other people watching because that was a major conversation online. Yeah. And also that's just who Lady Gaga is as a person, I think. I think that exactly what you see is what you get with her. And she is true to herself through and through. Coda winning was also such a moment. Like what a beautiful thing to be able to witness. And that is the thing with award shows where I know clearly the goal is that they elicit some sort of a reaction in the viewers. And the real goal is that sitting at home on your couch, you on some level can feel the excitement and the emotion in the room. And oftentimes you can't. And then a moment like Coda happens and you really feel it. And so you can only say to yourself, wow, I can't even imagine what it must have been like in person because even sitting here on my couch, I'm getting verklempt. Verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you in that moment after Troy won where he spoke about his dad who, you know, was paralyzed from the, kind of the neck down and said that he was the best signer in his family and then kind of dedicated his win to him was like very, very emotional and really special. And that's right. That is one of the most beautiful things about award shows as well is no matter what happens, you will always have these really beautiful, special moments. And again, that's why we're all here. Like we talk so much shit. And then year after year, we're so touched by the small details and these little things that happen that are really actually momentous throughout the night. And so that was just a perfect example of one of them. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And by the way, not that anybody's asking, but I thought that Amy and Wanda and Regina did a really good job. I enjoyed that, actually. I, I now have realized that I significantly prefer when there are multiple hosts. And I think if the right combination of people, three is actually the perfect number. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed having a host on our screen again. And I'm so curious to see now that we've brought that back, who it will be next year and the following years. I really did enjoy it. I'll tell you one thing, it's not going to be Chris Rock. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm -hmm. 
50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, I know that we have been very Kardashian heavy recently, so we're going to keep this episode to just Oscars. We'll talk Kardashian related things in the bonus show later this week, but one thing that does fall under the Oscar umbrella and is kind of in the center of that Venn diagram is Courtney and Travis. And Julie, I just want to tell you that clearly the Oscars are not the Met Gala. I am very aware of that fact. And I know Courtney has never previously been at the Met Gala. And if she is there this year, that will be a very big deal. But watching her walk down the carpet with him, I almost felt the same way I would feel about her walking the Met Gala red carpet of like, this is your moment. Right now, what we are witnessing is Courtney's era. And she's honestly probably my least favorite member of the entire family from the viewer perspective, but I'm still so happy for her because how good of a feeling is that that she's walking down the carpet with her fucking man who is performing at the Oscars and she's just doing it. And like, I just am so happy to see her so happy. I wish you could see me because I'm laughing so hard because everything about that sentence was so classic. Like, first of all, (laughs) starting point one, we're not going to talk about the Kardashians, but we have searched high and low and we found a Venn diagram point to be able to. So sit back, strap in, because guess what? It wouldn't be an episode without it. Point two, so fucking classic. It's nice to see Courtney walk down. It's kind of like the Met Gala. And by the way, she's my least favorite of all of them. And it's like, you know what? Great points all around. I have no no notes. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> But by the way, like I could do this all night. Like we're not going to talk about the Kardashians. This is an Oscars episode. 
but Kim in blue wearing gloves. Let's spend 30 minutes and analyze the fact that this motherfucker won't take off her gloves. Oh, we're not going to talk about the Kardashians, but, but, but Kendall was there. So let's talk about that. We're not going to talk about the Kardashians, but I think it was really nice to see Chloe at the Vanity Fair after party, even if it was just a glimpse of her in Kendall's Insta story. We have a real sickness. You know what I mean? It's like there's nothing that cannot be associated, but we're aware of it. So that's okay. And I, when we go back and we're editing this episode, I think we will say that what 90% of it was non-Kardashian. So we can throw in a little at the end. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Listen, it wouldn't be us if we did not it wouldn't be us if we didn't. And that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I just am willing to acknowledge that. We'll save the conversation about Pete's tattoo that Kim storied for later. I know that this is already too tense of an episode. We can't go there. I I completely agree. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I don't this even was know. one of the craziest episodes. We've, this is one of the most high tension episodes I think we've ever done. I have actually, and I don't know why, because I think that we've obviously tackled much more serious subjects and had to do much more on the podcast, but I've never felt (laughs) leaving an episode so exasperated that the fact that we were able to laugh at the end there, just about how classic it is that we can't do an episode without throwing in the Kardashians is just, it was the moment of levity I needed for myself in order to like regain my composure. Uh, Julie, me too. I don't know if it's, it'll be able to pick up when people are listening, but I feel literally the exact same way. And it's, no, this is what it's coming from. It's not that it's the most serious thing we've ever discussed. I mean, do you remember that very intense episode we did on the whole army hammer situation? There's a lot of shit we've discussed far more serious. It's just that it is so antithetical to our personalities to want to discuss something before fully processing it, but you literally have to. I mean, we have an agreement. We have ads that have to run. So I think that's what we were both like struggling with, but whatever, maybe it'll be palpable. Maybe it won't be. We'll be here next week, no matter what. So there's that. We'll be here two more times this week. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh God. Well, if you guys are still here, we love you. Thank you so much for listening and just for processing all of this with us. And we love you. Thank you. We will see you later this week. 